scored by number five, Abby Kushner. Live from The Rock, welcome to the Brown Sports Convos Podcast. My name is Samuel Ree, right next to me. Ethan Jobson. TJ Kim. David Cody. Awesome. And we are here today to talk about a variety of things. We're going to start off with our favorite intro segment, uh, The Rift, and our only one. Um, <laughs> this is the part where each of us takes a little bit of time to introduce a topic that we might want to discuss on the pod today, and uh, it's just anything from the world of sports. So who would like to introduce their topic first? I'll go first. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this this rumor that came out about uh, the Chargers potentially relocating to London um, during this kind of kind of co- several year like half decade period of like relocation and rejuvenation of relocation in the NFL. I want to talk about how much credence that particular rumor should have and what uh, this this new trend of teams relocating would mean for the NFL going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd just like to say in response to that, I think the idea of a team moving to London, England, in the National Football League of the United States is completely ridiculous. Even the Chargers owner, Dean Spanos, who is not known for being, you know, uh, the most reasonable and good decision maker, (laughs) um, says that it is, uh, to paraphrase... Uh, something they will not do. <laughs> um, he used stronger language, but yeah, mm, he did. Uh, I think that relocation—the idea. Well, well, what's your what's your riff right now? I'm just talking. We're, we're I'm riffing. just. I'm just. Uh, Are you you want You want to fight me right now? I'm just responding to David. Said I do have a do- another riff, which is completely unrelated. Okay. Um, we could talk I will, about this. I will. Though. I will. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the World Series because. It turned out baseball is a real sport that happens. What? Yeah, wow. I know. Nutty. Anyways. Unreal. Yeah, so I definitely want to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I think that the moving is is kind of ridiculous. And for a move to happen, there has to be a city that is okay. actively building a new stadium for it to work. Okay, let's save it for the main discussion. Yeah. That, sounds like, that sounds like that's going to be our first topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so for my riff, I kind of wanted to talk about the uh, Ravens-Patriots game and Lamar Jackson. Fight me! <laughs> and <laughs> don't worry yet. I'm ready. <laughs> and I, I, but I wanted to see talk about whether uh, what we can think of the Ravens and the Patriots and the state of the NFL elite right now. Mm. Tom Brady. <laughs> um, I am... I, I, I want to talk about the NBA, uh, wow. but <laughs> I, there, there's some stuff happening. It's not a particularly, like, we're not at a point of the season where we can be like, oh, this team is definitely going to be the number five seed in the playoffs, but um, we are we are seeing some stuff shape up, and there are definitely storylines that are developing. Specifically, three of the 13 athletes in the NBA's history who have ever been suspended for PED usage uh have occurred over the past couple of months. Um, so that's interesting. And uh, I thought it might be worth uh, a bit of a talk about the interesting stuff that's happening in the NBA right about now. But sounds like we wanted to talk about relocation in the NFL. So yeah, real quick, tell us about that. Cool. Real quick. So, so basically the story is, and I'm paraphrasing that, uh, a quote NFL source 
said that the league, London, and the Chargers have been have been exploring the idea of moving to London at some point in the near future. Um, and this this is not an idea that is new. Uh, an NFL team going to London. This was tossed around a lot. I think for the Jacksonville Jaguars was the first team that this idea was thrown around with in a, any kind of serious way. Um, when the Rams were in St. Louis, London was thrown around as an idea. Um, this this is a case where where that speculation has turned into kind of a, a an allegation, like a rumor. Um, there are questions over how much actual weight to give this story um probably shouldn't give it much at all if any but it's clear that the Chargers have been having trouble getting fan support in LA and it's clear that fans in London have been more than willing to support the NFL even without a home team um so I just think it's interesting to to look at in terms of especially in this new context of the Raiders potentially moving definitely moving to Los, An- uh, Las Vegas excuse me um and now with two teams in Los Angeles um, I kind of got a lot of my ideas out earlier. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, yeah, I don't think they should move to London. I think it's a bad idea. I think an more thing they actually move to Mexico. Mm. Uh, they do have Mexico games every year, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, they do pretty well. The fans like it. And it's a much more doable, in my opinion. You already... Because, like, Mexico's not that far. Right. Like, you know, it's closer to some teams than other teams in the U.S., you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's much more doable and it's if you want if the NFL wants to reach a you know an international audience I think that's the way to go I don't think London's the way to go though. yeah if they were in London would they stay in the AFC West <laughs> <laughs> there's another impassable barrier too is that like what would they be classified as they can't be a football team out there right mm-hmm. yeah they'd be an, an American football or a gridiron team, team. Yeah, yeah. right that happens an American football team that happens to be not in America yeah yeah, yeah. um I think the league is making a very, very serious effort to expand overseas. They're playing a lot of, like TJ said, they're playing games in Mexico City now. Uh, They've been playing games in London for a long time. They just started this international outreach program, specifically with uh, player talent, where select teams uh, are allocated an extra practice squad spot specifically for a player who comes from an international Mm -hmm. uh, program. Uh, Most prevalently i think the patriots used it with a fullback jacob johnson yeah, who yeah. has been playing some played some serious minutes this year um i i don't think a team moving to london is as absurd as maybe tj thinks it is <laughs> um i think i think teams have to deal with travel um a lot anyway i think uh, big road trips are not like uncommon in the nfl um I think there there are ways it could be made easier. Like you could have the team come over to the states and play uh, a big stretch of their away games here, and then go back over to London and play. We already have teams going to London to play one-off games, so it wouldn't be that great a departure from what we have mm-hmm. um, already with teams playing their international games. I think it's very doable. I think. There are venues in London. Um, I know they've played in Wembley Stadium a lot. I know there are venues in London that would be would be able to host NFL teams. Um, and the fans have showed up for every game the NFL has been out there. So I think it's a very very viable uh, space. Uh, here's something I've heard though, and I will admit I don't know the truth of this. I've heard rumors that uh, a lot of the fans who are at these London games are. One, like, U.S. expats, but also a lot of people, like, scheduling their vacation specifically to 
coincide with their favorite team going to London. Mm. And as like there's been the speculation about how uh legit like quote unquote legitimate the fan support that you see at these London games is. Right. I think that that's really really fair. Mm-hmm. Um and that's something we won't really know until that is kind of tried with London having a, mm-hmm. a team to identi- identify with and root for. Um, we do know that the support the Chargers have gotten in LA isn't <laughs> super genuine, if existent at all. They're playing in a stadium that fits about 30,000 people, which is about half the average of an NFL stadium. <laughs> and m- at least at least half of those 30,000 game in, game out, are rooting for the other team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know lack of Strong fan support was one of the reasons the Chargers did leave San Diego. Um, I don't know why they expected to find more in a city like Los Angeles that is notoriously fair weather when it comes to football teams. Yeah, um, and I've, I've got the impression that a lot of the people yeah. are showing up to Chargers games to root for the Chargers are like diehards driving all the way from San Diego. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I really don't quite understand. I. Okay. I'll give my unsolicited opinion. The NFL should, in my opinion, should sit down uh, the ownership of the Raiders and the Chargers and say, "All right, this Stop. was not this was not smart to begin with." Uh, uh, Raiders, you're moving to LA. You're not moving to Vegas. Uh, Chargers, you have two choices: you can go back to San Diego, or you can be the new Vegas team. Probably the Vegas thing since they, it's already in the works, but Vegas it, it's Vegas doesn't care if they get the Raiders or the Chargers. Uh, and <laughs> does, does Vegas the Ra- care if they get a football team? I don't that's know. Another I don't thing know. that's yet to be seen. Yeah, yeah. I think Vegas will like a football team. It it can't, I think they would. It can't hurt, especially like the way the Golden Knights have like mm-hmm. uh, piggybacked on like people going to trips to Vegas and like that being part of the experience. Well, I. I, but I, I I still can't believe that even a few years into it now that when the Raiders wanted to move to L.A. where they have a historical fan base that NFL didn't approve it. I It's hard for me to comprehend, honestly. Well, I just think that all this relocation talk, uh, especially surrounding Vegas, is a precursor to the NBA expanding to 32 teams, with mm-hmm. one being in Vegas and another being in Seattle. Mm. And that no, is the way it no. should be. Yeah. they got to bring back the uh, a Vancouver franchise. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Can, can, yeah. the, can the NHL please hurry up and expand to 32 teams? 31 teams is disgusting. I know. Do they have the 31 teams right now? Yeah, yeah they, expanded, they had 30 gross. expanded to 31, and then they're going to expand to 32. Yeah, yeah there's a Seattle 30. team that's like in the works that's how they justified it okay but 30 would be good 31 teams is Mm -hmm. gross i do think the vegas golden knights kind of bodes well for uh the potential las vegas raiders um in terms of like this (coughs) sports teams can find success pro sports teams in las vegas i think with sort of the new like legalization of sports betting it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot easier i for one welcome our new uh vegas sports town overlords yeah yeah also um, does kind of work in that like if you look at like the map, like on a map, like Vegas is an interesting kind of like midpoint between like Oakland and L.A. Yeah. But like, it, it's still such a the entire like uh, process was just done in the most backwards way, in my opinion. I I felt it was kind of showing this hubris of the NFL 
like demanding these stadiums and moving out when they didn't get the demands and then just having no plan. Like, uh, it, uh, coming into the season, there was a legitimate question about where the Raiders were going to play this season. They had no mm-hmm. plans to play anywhere. They just got lucky and stayed in at Oakland in the last uh, minute. It's kind of like, how are these NFL franchises treating it like a guy who, like, is sitting on his friend's couch uh, planning where to sleep tonight. I don't right. know. Right. Um, I do, I do, one last thing I do want to say about the Chargers specifically is that they are waiting on a stadium in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think they and the Rams are going to share this new uh, stadium yeah, that that's being plan. built. I think that'll be good for the Chargers' mm-hmm. attendance and for their fans. Right. I think it totally will. I mean, right now they're not, they're playing in Carson City. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're the Southern oh. California Chargers right now because a yeah, lot of not close a lot there. of a lot of their fan base is coming from San Diego. Mm-hmm. They're called Los Angeles and not playing there. Mm-hmm. Um, some writer, I wish I wish I remembered their name so I could give them credit for this line. But one writer, one sports writer, referred to them as the StubHub Chargers, which is pretty much what they are at this point. It's just whatever fan is willing enough and loyal enough at this point to get tickets, no matter yeah. what. Mm-hmm place in Southern California they're from. Yeah. Um, although the Rams haven't had the same problems with attendance that the Chargers have. Well, could they play they, in the Coliseum, which is right. a well-known, you know, L.A. institution. The USC plays there. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I think they had them to an extent until they started uh, playing great under McVay. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah, but true. the Chargers have had a lot of success. That's well. true. That's true. So, so it's Sean McVay is the hot one, right? Sean yeah, McVay oh, yeah. is the very hot one. Okay. Um, I'm not sure who the other person you're thinking of is to compare him to. Bill, <laughs> yeah, Bill sure. Belichick is the. Oh, other gotcha, hot gotcha. One. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Bill Belichick just got clapped on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> he really did. Yeah, Jackson. yeah. He really did. Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk Thanks. about that game? <laughs> uh... Some of us do. I uh, want to talk about that. Game. Yeah, I'll talk about it. I so uh, if anyone uh, is unaware, the Patriots came into this game against the Ravens and this past Sunday night, and they had were undefeated. They looked like really good. They their defense was being talked up as like a historical uh, defense, and they like lost pretty handily to Lamar Jackson and a good. Uh, Ravens team, but not one that seemed uh, at all like uh, ridiculous. Although maybe they seem that way now. And I just wanted to talk about what do we think about what this means for uh, the hierarchy of the league right now. Um, I think this is a great this is a great moment for people like myself who enjoy it when teams run that rock, um, because the Ravens run that rock. Um, they have they have incredible talent in the backfield, and Lamar Jackson in that game did some things that you only see in video games and Michael Vick highlight reels. He is mm-hmm. unsackable. He is unsackable. Yep. He really yep. is. Um, especially when they run as much yeah. as they do, your defensive line cannot sell out to rush the passer at all, um, because any play could be a run play at any time. Um, the the Patriots' offense was yucky. Um, as they've been all year, the Ravens defense showed up and played pretty well. Um, but, uh, the Ravens offense did really what they had to do. And I think they do have a legitimate shot to be, a, to be a real threat. Um, with Mahomes coming back, 
the AFC is becoming a little more crowded at the top than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I'm looking at it, we have the Chiefs who are a potential power. If their defense can get it together, they could be really good. Um, the Patriots obviously are always up there. And now the Ravens with this crazy rushing attack um, could be a real, real problem for teams coming down the stretch. Well, yeah. I It went from it being like, is this the Patriots... Uh, replay of that perfect or nearly perfect season to like man the Patriots uh, might have a tough road to even just get back to the conference championship yeah and yeah I it's I kind of feel like Lamar Jackson has stolen a bit of Mahomes' thunder while he's uh, out because the Ravens feel like a more complete team than the Chiefs do I felt like mm. uh, earlier this year we were talking about the Chiefs as the main threat to the Patriots and they're still definitely a threat but I think the Ravens have a lot of talent on both ends of the field mm-hmm. that we saw on display Sunday night uh, not to mention they use those fancy analytics things yeah mm. uh, you know I know Harbaugh and the Ravens team they're big fans of you know all the various number crunching that is done mm-hmm. with regards to when you should punt when you should mm-hmm. go for it when you should kick a field goal all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, and they have been having success with it it also helped that you have people like yeah Lamar Jackson yeah Lamar is Um, a great weapon when you're going for it on fourth yeah um so there's that's interesting uh AFC is yeah generally pretty boring there's like one or two teams there's three and maybe more we always feel like there's more there might not be yeah um Um, in terms of like AFC teams it could mm -hmm. be a threat I'd watch out for the Steelers a little bit I'd watch out for the Colts a little bit down the road um teams that I don't know I don't know if they're dangerous enough to make noise in like conference championship level but they could they could knock off some teams and they could they could be problems down the road yeah, not to mention the potential for playoff Nick to come back playoff. oh yeah yeah <laughs> don't forget um, I, I don't know it, I feel like at this point the magic of playoff Nick and Gardner Minshew would be about equal but yeah I always I feel like not to be a homer, but, like, the Jets are, like, the last, I feel like, AFC team I can remember being, like, uh, like making a run as kind of, like, a sleeper. I feel like yeah. in the last few years, it seemed like every year these random teams, like the Texans, like, come out and are, like, fine enough and then, like, get... They get run, smacked. They get it's smacked been the pretty, in the playoffs. There's also yeah. been some pretty, pretty unfortunate injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm. I, I think it's been a couple of years where like some, someone really important will get injured. Yeah, it was a Derek Carr injury. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Ryan well. Tannehill, who mm. who is currently captaining the the uh, just juggernaut Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that is one Sorry. of the saddest teams. Talk about like relocation, <laughs> like. Ooh. That that team, I feel yeah, hot take. I feel like that bring team back is, the Oilers. Yeah, that team has never. Uh, Established an identity for themselves, other than like the one year with or few years with Steve McNair, right? You know, in I'm going to make the most uh, smooth segue you've ever seen. Right now. I'm ready. Well, um, speaking about opening with that <laughs> kind of decreases the smoothness. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, it's well, already speaking, seamless. Speaking of uh, transferring franchises that do well, the go. former Montreal Expos have just won the World Series. <laughs> All right. Um, they uh yeah they're clutch assist from Justin Verlander. Yep, they are they are known now as Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and against all odds, including a prediction by me at the beginning of this year or earlier. <laughs> yeah, know carries a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, you know. They had that on their bulletin board. You know, I mean, that was just to motivate them, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew. <laughs> uh, uh, they uh, have shown that they were a lot better than their regular season record showed and were able to hang with the very, very best in the Astros, mm. despite dropping three games at home, which is very interesting to me. I don't know. I, I mean, that's it's so rare to see the home team lose every single game in a series. Yeah, that was wild. So, like, the Nationals had home court or home field advantage by, like, not having home field advantage. Yeah. Huh. It was very strange. That was one of the weirdest series I've ever seen. And that, as soon as... I almost felt like I knew the Nats were going to win the whole time. Not to, not, not to sound pretentious, but, uh, I... It... Very much echoed, I feel like, baseball a few years back and uh, before, in that the last few years have been kind of like anti-October uh, playoffs, where just like really good teams just like do like continue to do well in October, and not that mm-hmm. surprising. Mm-hmm. Whereas like baseball, I feel like there's a big tradition of these like wild card teams get hot because they have a a like very good uh rotation and a like hot hitters that uh make their name in the playoffs and you kind of saw that with the Nats this series uh yeah even when they gave up those three games I kind of felt like they could still pull it out because the series had just been that weird up to this point that I felt like there's no reason it could wouldn't get uh even weirder and yeah it was the first series in any sport to even have the first six games won by the away team and much less go to seven. Yeah, yeah, you know. and have the seventh one by the away team too. So, uh, not to mention, I think the Nats were down in, if not all, almost all of their their games, but they won uh, pretty early and then came back late, um, which was mm-hmm. also really interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to talk about that AJ Hinch decision in Game Seven? Oh yeah, that was, that was interesting. So I don't know about that one. So yeah. Um, uh, as the Astros held the lead in Game 7 of the World Series, their manager, A.J. Hinch, decided to mm. not go to Garrett Cole, their best yes. pitcher, or Roberto Asuna, their best reliever, and that resulted in them giving up the lead, which is yeah. kind of uh, strange, and I don't know. Yeah. What does anyone think of that? I don't know. I mean, it was when um, they pulled Granky after he mm. gave up the home run. I mean, it was like I was. It was you know I, I can see why they did that. He been he been playing like lights out the whole game except for that mm-hmm. one one run. Um, but you know they pulled him out I guess because uh, he had already been pitching for a long time and they put in. Darn it! Who who they put in? What was I don't remember. Someone not that some dude yeah. right. It, it was not like it was definitely not one of their best pitchers. Yeah, it was. They pulled. They put in. Uh, a guy who then proceeded to give up another home run <laughs> and um, like yeah, a, sing- a single another home run which promptly lost Astros lead for the rest of the game um, you know at the same time as you know Garrett Cole was warming up in the bullpen mm-hmm. and I remember Joe Buck talking about what um, the the Astros manager had been saying like oh you know if you don't if you don't see Cole, you know, in the middle of the game, he's going to be at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay, inter- and, I was, and, and so it was interesting. I was like, um, you know, the Nats then built up a lead, and I was like, okay, maybe they'll put, in, put him in now and try to get the Nats off the field. But no, he just he just never never played. When had Cole's last game he'd pitched been? Game 
five, I want to say. I'm wondering if... Uh, so I, as a uh, Tampa Bay Rays fan, was I, I got to see this Astros team up close in the division series. And um, basically, the Astros took the first two games, and then it was kind of... Uh, a, uh, the Astros decided to go with... Um, Verlander for game four, I'm pretty sure. They played him on short rest, uh, and the Rays basically lit him up, if I remember right. I'm wondering if that factored, that was in the back of A.J. Hinch's mind when uh, he decided not to pitch Cole, is that he had pitched uh, not that uh, that far before, and he was worried about how he'd pitched like that, which I think is just still just not a smart decision, but I I'm just kind of trying to rationalize it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a smart decision either. Um, I think maybe he got a little bit of cold feet when the Nats built a lead and he wanted Mm -hmm. to keep um, his, you know, his bullpen, his reliever guys in. Um, You know, um, they were playing in Houston, so it's not like he would have had to bat or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't really understand. Maybe he was just trying to play mind games. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, yeah, with the Nats yeah. bullpen, that's the only thing they can really think of. Uh, but you know, clearly it didn't it didn't work. Didn't get to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the Nats are pretty airtight in the and the mental side, which I think is uh, very important in their run because there was a, there was a lot of potential distraction that they could they could have succumbed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they just focused on playing baseball, um, which I think is what they needed to do. Uh, be, I, that sounds very like you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. of course but like yeah. compared to previous years with and the, the Harper years yeah yeah there's been a lot of sort of expectations and this idea that they can't that you know they need to uh, fulfill some of this image of like this powerhouse team that like is supposed to have all the talent and do super well during a certain period of time it was kind of like that. Um, and I think this year just the expectations were taken off and they just could just play all the, all the only need to focus on was winning they need to focus on mm-hmm. necessarily living right. up to anything and so that's when they played their best well you know what as a Rays fan I will forever be fine with you guys making Expos fans mad so congrats <laughs> alright yeah. well can we talk about basketball basketball Right. Don't we always? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow or another, it always gets, always gets back to this. Uh, yeah, basketball has been um, balling. And wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, they things have certainly been happening in the league. That's um, crazy. Yeah. You know, games have been played, hoops have been shot, all of that. Um, the thing that I kind of talked about in the riff was this uh, PED sort of crackdown that's been going on lately because, um, you know, bask- the NBA kind of doesn't really have this image of, like, a lot of, uh, like, a heavy usage of PEDs without, uh, throughout the league, especially compared to some other leagues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fact, like, in their total history, there's only been 13 players ever actually suspended for PED usage. Wow. Um, and three of them have come in the past two or three months. Wow. So the first one was Wilson Chandler, uh, who was signed by the Nets, and uh, this occurred before the season started, I believe. And uh, and so all three of these players got 25-game suspensions. Hmm. Um, and then after the first game of the season, where the Suns won by 29 points, 
DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick of last year's draft, also got suspended for PED usage for 25 games. Um, and the third was John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks, mm-hmm. who got busted for human growth hormone 2, which requires injection, so it's not like he can just say, oh, I took it by accident. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's an interesting story, I think, uh, especially considering like the context of this doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. Does this does this look to you like a like a new point of emphasis for the league? Is this something they've been they've been public about uh, cracking down on more, or is this kind of out of the blue? It's not something that they've put a lot into the media. Like, oh, mm. we are we are focusing on uh, PED usage like right now, but it's hard to view this as anything but a statement from the yeah. league. Yeah. Um, one of the previous ones, I believe, was O.J. Mayo. Right. And that was, like, six or seven years ago. Um, maybe maybe less than that. But, like, that was a while ago. And mm-hmm. that was a relatively isolated incident. Um, yeah, this hasn't really been something that the league has cracked down on. And, like, it, it's gotten... It's gotten some... I think traction in in like the public consciousness because uh, you pe- people have long suspected, especially like surrounding LeBron James, especially because of his like rapid muscle growth uh, and development, like er- early on in his career. Yeah. Um, that like this is something that the league's just been willing to overlook for the sake of like the entertainment value. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And like if it is something that they are paying close attention to it's going to be really really interesting to see like is there going is there a top player who's going to get busted for this and hmm. going to like be in actual trouble over this over the next who knows how long right um my my assumption when it comes to these things sort of really generally is that everyone probably does this yeah right in most in in baseball, especially when they had that steroid era, my assumption mm-hmm. kind of is, well, everyone probably right. does it. Right. They have football, too. In uh, football, especially, yeah, yeah. I'm positive everyone does that. Mm-hmm. And one of the concerns that people bring up is that, like, the the list of these banned substances is somewhat in flux all the time. Like, yeah. human growth hormone 2 that John Collins got suspended for, yep. uh, that wasn't on the list two seasons ago. Huh. Um... So it, it may even be like, oh, this is something that he'd been doing for a while, and then... It became illegal, but he wasn't made aware of it by his trainers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's a situation I think that like deserves keeping an eye on. Yeah. Um, but like Aiton and Collins especially are big parts of their teams. Uh, uh-huh. The Hawks have been like really good. Trey Young's been looking really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Suns started five and two. What yeah. the heck is that yeah. all about? What do What do we think about that? Honestly. <laughs> um, I mean, and Devin Booker, I, I, there's something different about Devin Booker this year. Yeah. He's, like, he's always been really, really good at scoring the basketball. But there's, like, some people have attributed it to uh, Monty Williams, their new head coach, uh-huh. um, and his offensive system, sort of emphasizing ball sharing and ball movement and all of that. Um, but there's something about Devin Booker that really looks like he he's taken a step up in some kind of mentality this year mm. which has been really impressive to me and then their defense has been like solid league level average i think mm. um so i think that's good the other thing is in deandre aiden's place 
Aaron Baines has been starting. Uh-huh. And Aaron Baines is a really, really... I, I really like Aaron Baines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anybody else have thoughts about weird stuff, weird, interesting stuff happening around the league? Well, Joel and B got in a fight. He got yeah. in a fight with Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> Holy cow. That's what I thought was most interesting about yeah. the season so far. That and the Warriors being really bad. But I kind of <laughs> saw that one coming. Yeah. I'll, I'll, okay, I didn't pro- think they'd be this bad. I'm going to yeah, be perfectly same. honest. Like Even before Steph broke his hand, I w- there was like all this talk about, oh, well, if they want to make the playoffs, Steph is going to have to be at this MVP level again, so he's going to really turn it up. But like when he was MVP, he had... 2016 Draymond Green and 2016 Clay Thompson next to him. And yeah. Iguodala. And Iguodala. I think that it, it, what Clay brings to the team, what Draymond was able to bring to the team at that time, and like what Iggy brought to the team was really underrated in the sense that like they made it really... Steph is like a gravity-warping player mm-hmm. because defenses have to warp to adjust to him, but he, he gets so much like... He can make some crazy shots, but sometimes he doesn't want to take them. And so having the escape hatch of I'm gonna pass it to Draymond and hope he makes a play that makes that that works out here because I'm being double teamed, or right. I'm gonna pass it to Clay and he he's gonna shoot it over seven people and it's gonna fall in the basket. Like having those escape valves were really good for him in those seasons. And mm-hmm. just the loss of Clay Thompson alone, I think it, it really could probably was not. Uh, something that was going to contribute to Steph having the best or most efficient season, at least. Yeah. Um, I think breaking his hand yeah. also will hinder his ability to play basketball over these next... <laughs> Fortunately, it was, like, weeks. not his shooting hand. Right. Um, Like, he he gets a lot out of dribbling, so... Yeah, it's he not, does. It's not going to be good for him going forward, but, like, breaking your shooting hand is probably... One of the more right. benign injuries you can have in basketball. Right. I do feel though that Steph has had kind of uh, health uh, these health issues for a while now. It, even when he was at the top of his game, he kind right. of. Uh, I mean, part of the Warriors dynasty was built around the fact that they got an injury discount, and then he became an right. MVP like the next year. Uh, Especially surrounding his like feet and ankles. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think about how like. Going into the season, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, so what, they lose KD. They still have the core uh, of that, like, 73-win team. But it's not exactly the same. They're a little older, and this health is the issue that might, you worry, might uh, keep them from reaching those heights again with this core. I think it's unlikely that we're going to see as dominant of a Steph Curry, like, as we saw back a few years ago, even. Um, ever again, honestly. Mm. Um, How old is Steph now? 30-something. Uh, like in his early 30s, right? Yeah, Yeah, because he's, he's almost... Let's see. What's Google got to say? 31. 31, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not getting any younger, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, what do you think of the whole tanking talk? The tanking for the Warriors? I don't think they even need to try to tank. They probably have one of the worst roster constructions in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a function of poor management decisions. It's just like when you, s- even though they got like a great deal in being able to sign KD in the first place, like you make sacrifices with mm-hmm. that. They lost Barbosa, they lost Spates, Sean Livingston just retired. Um, and so, like, a lot of the core that they have from that first championship year, they were, they had this motto of strength in numbers, right? They had a yeah. really, really strong bench. 
and they lost all of those guys. And legitimately, the only carryovers that they had were Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Mm-hmm. And Clay is hurt. Draymond is older and not as snappy with his athletic as with his athleticism as he used to be. And Steph just broke his hand. Mm-hmm. So, I just yeah. these are guys who were playing in the G League until a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it's not saying like they are bad, but like they are not. This team wasn't built for contention with who they have right now. Yeah, yeah, and I think that seventy-three win team, their bench was a much more important than people want to give it credit for. If you want to yeah. win a lot of regular season games, you need a great bench. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who has a great bench? The Clippers. Yes. That's very true. Very great. Bench. I think they are the best team in the league, and this is uh-huh. kind of what I was thinking like coming into the season too, but like Paul George is thinking about coming back next week, but they already look like they're better than every team in the league yeah. right now. You know, you know who has a somewhat surprisingly great bench is the Lakers. The Lakers have Their been surprisingly good. D- uh, yes. Dwight Howard had like that a pretty good game this yeah. uh, the other day. It was like 14-10 and 5 or something like that. Yeah. Their bench um Contavious Caldwell Pope still sucks. Why That's- is he on their team? <laughs> That's the I rich do not Paul understand. <laughs> no, I think I think the Lakers uh, had a better bench than some people suspected, but mm. I, I was thinking like after not signing Kawhi, they were able to salvage it by getting a little bit of a bench there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do we want to move on to the two cent finish? We can certainly. Yes. Do that. All right. All right. So two cent finish. This is our closing segment where we each take, I think the original time was supposed to be 30 seconds, but I think we go over that pretty consistently. <laughs> um, you get you get a unnamed short amount of time to rant, vent, talk about whatever sports topic ha- happens to be on your feeble, angry mind at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, does anyone want to go first? Um, I'll go first. Yeah. So I want to talk about a top 10 player in the NBA right now. A guy who is capable of getting triple doubles at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. A guy who was a decently high draft pick, but I still think was drafted too low. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the league right now, today. He's averaging 27, 10, and 9 right now. Right now, LeBron, who leads the league in assists, is averaging 26, 8, and 11. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the reigning MVP, is averaging 29, 14, and 8. And Dwight Howard is averaging <laughs> 6, 6, 8, and 1. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I legitimately think that Doncic has made... He was already, like... I think he was the best rookie last year. Uh-huh. Um, and the the voters agreed with me. I think he is an all-star this season, mm-hmm. right now. The Mavericks have been outperforming their roster, honestly. Um, their third best player is Seth Curry, which is <laughs> kind of unfortunate. They don't really have like a lot of depth over there. But they've got guys, and they're making it work. Um, I don't think that they're like a playoff team, necessarily. And even if they are, they're like an eight seed at best. But I think like we can already see Doncic is an elite player, not just a really good player. I think he is top 10 right now. And they're getting Porzingis. And Porzingis is somewhere (laughs) awaiting (laughs) his time to shine. Yeah. yeah. It's obvious, like, his usage rate is among the highest in the league right now. 
and that definitely inflates his stats uh, to some extent. Um, but there's there's no doubt in my mind like he can go toe to toe with a lot of the guys out there. Uh, he's on like a level in um, that I think like rivals Nikola Jokic right now mm-hmm. um, because Jokic has had a pretty bad start, a uh, pretty slow start, looking a little bit unmotivated, looking a little bit like not really willing to assert himself. Um, so I think like Jokic overall is a better player I think, but right now. But I think Doncic has the play style and the abilities to surpass that, like this season. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, I'll go next. Um, the The biggest story in football that isn't getting talked about is the expiration of the collective bargaining agreement between the players' association and the league that is set to expire next off season, I think. Um, and since the league and the players, as usual, are nowhere close to a deal. Um, we are almost certainly going to have some kind of work stoppage, be it a strike or a lockout or something. Um, so this is going to be a big, uh, this is going to be a big topic over the course of this off season, certain things that the players are going to look to get. Um, and I think the attention is going to be turned to why NBA players have such a seemingly better deal in terms of their contracts Mm. and their rights than NFL players do. Um, the NFL, the average NFL career is only three years. Um, and NFL players, uh, do not have fully guaranteed contracts as part of their CBA. Mm -hmm. NFL players can get cut at any time. And, uh, most of the time the team that cuts them doesn't have to pay them. Right. Um, so you have, you have certain high profile fights like Antonio Brown right now is trying to, uh, work out and get his money from the Patriots that he probably should be given. Um, and even now you have players in the league sort of exercising their their rights to player mobility um demanding trades yet guys like jalen ramsey trying to move around um i think nfl players are starting to take a take a a hint from the nba um in terms of really expanding the rights that they have as players and i really hope they get what they need out of this uh next collective bargaining agreement uh negotiation process that probably won't happen because the league is awful um but I think what they what they really I think I think it would be a great situation for the players if they do get the guaranteed contracts that they really need, um, and if something is done about Thursday Thursday night football, and by something is done I mean it's uh, wiped from the face of the earth because it's an abomination. Really quick, I think uh, the the contract conflicts that we have seen over the past couple of seasons are indicative that this is going to be a hot issue yeah. like, going into it. And so, like, I, I agree with you that that's going, probably going to be, like, the, at least the most publicized yeah. portion of it. Yeah, and NBA contracts are, just make so much more money anyway. Right. Like, how much does Harrison Barnes make? Uh, well, you know his last contract was worth, like, $40 million. Yeah, that's, so. that's, per year, he probably makes more than Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, just for reference. So I think NFL players have a lot of have a lot have a lot of ground to make up, and this is a significant opportunity for them to make up that ground. Harrison Barnes, I love you, and I don't think you're overrated at all. Uh, please don't angry tweet me on Twitter. <laughs> have that ever happened? <laughs> Has anyone ever angry tweeted you? I have. Harrison uh, Barnes, angry retweet me. I want that smoke. One one thing that has happened is I got in a Twitter discussion about Trey Young once uh-huh. with somebody, and uh-huh. uh, Trey himself liked the tweet of someone responding to me like oh, oh no you stat heads don't know anything about basketball <laughs> <laughs> oh no Damn. okay 
Um, my two-cent finish also has to do with football. Um, I read on my little Bleacher Report notification a while back that a certain someone is planning on, is trying to make a return to the league. Jamarcus Russell. Uh, not quite. <laughs> Darn. Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, someone who we haven't seen in a while. Uh, and his name is Des Bryant. Ooh. Um, he's tweeted that he wants to, he is working out again, he feels like he's in great shape, and he's going to try reaching out to teams soon mm-hmm. um, to see who's interested. Um, he kind of fell off very suddenly. Yeah. Um, he, he wasn't, his last season in the league where he was, you know, where he was, like, you know, healthy and stuff, was act was not a bad season at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kind of, I think it was injuries that uh, really, really cost him some time. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of fell off the map. But uh, now I think he's coming back, and I think he's a great candidate to go to uh, a team like the Patriots or maybe the Packers, but something a team like that that can, one, um, convince you to play with them, even if they don't pay you a lot because they're good and you get to play with a really good quarterback, mm-hmm. and two, has very good coaching mm-hmm. um, and can really, you know, so the player doesn't have to do it all on, on his own. Mm-hmm. So I really hope to see the X. Back yes. in NFL stadiums. Yes. And uh, I hope he goes to the Patriots. That is all. Des, come come over here. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually wanted to talk about, like, two things. I'll try to be really quick. Um, one, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, my Nets. They've been not playing that great right uh, so far. They've been three and four. But um, unlike some on this... Uh, in our group, I... It's I, me. He's talking about me. <laughs> I, I, I want to respond to some of these, like, uh, people who are so uh, quick to throw out blame on Kyrie Irving. This is Kyrie it, Irving's I, fault. <laughs> I, I was... I came into the season with concerns. I was definitely ready to uh, blame Kyrie Irving if things went wrong. But here's the thing. It's not... Kyrie Irving has actually played really well. He's been. He's just had a uh, complete games, not just scoring, but assists and just a uh, complete. Uh, he's been a complete player and easily the best on our team. It's not Kyrie's Irving's fault that Spencer Dinwiddie has forgotten how to play basketball <laughs> and that Jarrett Allen is like has reverted to rookie Jarrett Allen, where he could only like dunk or make good blocks. It, it it's gonna take some time, but. I we have to wait for this team to gel. It's not going to be just about uh, by team to gel. Do you mean Kevin Durant? I that will that is something that would help too. But I I think that it's short sighted to just say this is a Kyrie issue. And um, but on a lighter note, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was. Uh, we mentioned the Brown women's soccer team on our last podcast. Yes. Well, yes. since then, uh, on Saturday night, a, a senior Abby Carchio, uh, scored a walk-off, or I guess, yeah, I don't know what else you'd call you it. You'd call it a walk-off. Uh, basically a walk-off penalty <laughs> against Roll Penn off. to, uh, to clinch the Ivy League title, clinching, yeah. uh... We'd giving Brown that. an automatic bid to the national uh, tournament, which is really dope. It's their first uh, championship since uh, 1994, wow. which it was pretty epic. Wow. And I 
just Zion Williamson had not yet been mm-hmm. born. Yep, yep. <laughs> Most of us had, well, all of us had not been born. <laughs> I know I have. I don't know why you have to bring Zion into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I miss him, guys. There are also older players who are also not born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but, um, Jason Tatum had not yet been born. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is a really great story. I think we might have more content uh, around that coming out soon, yeah. and I just want, think that was a great uh, moment and exactly what you want to see from sports and I just want to give congratulations to everyone on the team for a great performance and hopefully more in the future let's go get that natty come on (laughs) we want the natty number 17 in the country by the way let's go soccer bring home the banner Alright, well, I think that's all from us. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, once again, this has been the Brown Sports Convos Podcast. We're on Twitter, at BRN uh, Sports Convos? Yes. Or, yeah, at BRN Sports Convos. We're also sportsconvos.com, and we're on Facebook. Probably it's Brown Sports Convos. Yes. Uh, David is part of our football podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. football sure be happening. Should football be happening. Brown 21 set hut. You can find that podcast the same place you're listening to this podcast. While you're at it right now, go ahead and listen to the <laughs> Brown 21 set hut. Yeah. Um, we talk about football. It's just some just some some dudes talking ball. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Just dudes being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all from us. Uh, yeah. We'll hear from us next time. All right. Thank you.